Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I want to remind you to check out Zencaster. Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. That is my favorite program to use for all my recording needs. And the great part is, not only do they have audio, but they also have video options as well. So whether you're video conferencing, podcasting, just catching up with friends and loved ones, you definitely want to check out Zencaster. They have uh, paid subscriptions. They also have a free version, which I'm actually using right now. Transcripts, the whole nine yards, and even, get this, Zencaster has started to do hosting. So for all you podcasters out there, if you're looking for a host for your show, please consider Zencaster. You will not regret it. I'm telling you right now. Once again, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. Made on Zencaster. That's right. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, the show about pro wrestling and everything else. What is going on, brothers, sisters, extraterrestrials? And everybody else in between there. Hope all is well. We are turning our backs on summer and heading straight to the fall. It's good stuff there. Listen, on this episode, I am going to do something that is sure to ruffle a few feathers. And that's okay. You know, you know the Duke doesn't mind doing that. I am going to do a performance review for Tony Khan. Okay. And spoiler alert, there's only two ways this can go here. Either Tony's going to be recommended to have a increase on his contract as president of All Elite Wrestling, or I'm going to recommend that Tony be replaced <laughs> as president of All Elite Wrestling. So stay tuned for that. That'll be a real interesting uh, exercise, so to speak. But before I get to any of that, I do want to give a shout out to everyone out there over the past month who has had a birthday. Uh, certainly, you know, we have some great folks like Aubrey, who's been on the show before. Shout out to Aubrey. You know, she does a great job in real estate down in the Florida area. So shout out, Aubrey. Sticks, great friend of the show. Sticks, main man, celebrated her birthday recently. Uh, who else? You know, I hear Triple H recently had a birthday. So I, I call him New Coke. Yes, I call him New Coke, but nonetheless, Happy birthday, Triple H. Belated birthday at this point, but certainly happy birthday. And you know what? I'm going to do a verbal coaching for Triple H next week. Since since I'm doing a performance review for Tony Khan this week, I'm going to show some of that love to WWE. So Triple H, you're going to get a verbal coaching. Uh, you're still a little, little new in the job here. And in fact, this guy just got another promotion, which is just unheard of. I think the guys have like three promotions in the past month. I guess it pays to uh, be able to kiss the the boss goodnight every night. You know, he's married to Stephanie McMahon, who is the CEO and chairwoman of the board of World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated. So that certainly doesn't hurt. But is his performance warranting all of these increases in, of responsibility and stature and what have you? So. Again, we're going to do a verbal coaching next week for Triple H, so definitely stay tuned for that. But let's get into this here, uh, and I'm going to speak directly to Tony Khan. Tony, I know you're listening, and I know that um, you've been having a hard go of it lately, and certainly you know, you're probably going to have a hard go after this conversation as well, but I want to speak directly to Tony. We're going to go over your performance, Tony. It's been... A little over three years now, you've been president of All Elite Wrestling. We know your father is the owner of the company, Shad Khan, one of the richest people in the world. So you definitely have some advantages there. 
which is great. But nonetheless, we do need to talk about your performance in particular and what's going on with the company and some best practices regarding how things should go forward, because this is a, a the most important time for AEW as a company is right now. We're in the midst of looking for a new contract for the organization. You know, Warner Brothers Discovery is a whole new company now after the merger of Warner Brothers and Discovery Networks. And, you know, the new bosses here, they're not like the old guard. They're looking for specific things, including uh, cutting $3 billion from their bottom line. And they've definitely gotten rid of some major franchises en route to doing this. So the question is, will All Elite Wrestling survive the cuts? Will they be offered a new contract? And if they are offered a new contract, which would technically kick in in 2024, um, where do we go from here? You know, is it going to be an increase from the roughly $43 million per year that AEW receives currently? Or is it going to stay flat? Are you going to see it cut? Are they going to make you an offer that's less than what you're already getting? Because we do know that AEW is in the red, you know, thanks to Shad Khan. And certainly over in WrestleNomics with Brandon Howard Thurston III, he, who's very close to the action, speculates that AEW is not going to be able to get out of the red until they get a significant increase on their contract. So this is all important stuff here. And we're not going to shy away from it. We're going to jump right into it here. So, Tony, uh, I'm going to give you a moment. You know, you can grab a beverage and get real comfortable in your chair here. Uh, if you want to grab a pen and paper or your your laptop to take some notes. But we're going to dig into this this performance that you've had because you've received verbal coaching over the course of the past three years. And we definitely have spoken about uh, some positives going on and we've spoken about some challenges and, and the expectations on what needs to be done in order to improve upon uh, where you've been so you can be aligned with where we expect AEW to to go, right? Not only where they, it should be, but where the company should go. So I want to start with some positives here, uh, especially as it relates to this evaluation period uh, we're going to be talking about your entire career, and we are going to be focusing on the past 12 months in particular, in addition. Uh, so some strengths here. Uh, Tony, you've done a fantastic job of gaining trust and admiration of many wrestlers and fans. Uh, you have a background in hospitality. You know, I know as you mentioned before and taking a look at your resume, you're, you've been a bartender before. Uh, so you're a person that is that aims to please and is quick with a, a listening ear, a sympathetic ear, uh, quick to make a drink, you know, and make people feel comfortable in your presence and what have you. And there are a lot of folks who've gone on record and stated that that's what they like about you. You know, you remember their names. You, you have a strong memory recall. So you remember conversations that you may have had weeks, months, years ago. Uh, you're 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 quick as a whip in that regard, which is fantastic. All of that translates into a generally a positive environment when you apply this skill set that you have, and I think that it's a natural thing. I think this is one of your superpowers, so to speak, and I give you tremendous kudos for that because it has helped to a certain degree the overall uh, market perception of all elite wrestling as a company, because you are the face, you are the president, your father is the owner. You are the, the person who is speaking on behalf of the company more often than not. So when you turn that charm on, uh, it works. It definitely works. It's definitely a, a, a useful tool in the toolbox. It may be your greatest tool in the toolbox. So again, kudos to that. It's very positive. Uh, another positive is the fact that you've been able to attract some of the biggest names in pro wrestling. You know, folks like Chris Jericho, Brian Danielson, John Moxley. Uh, you know, you, this has been pretty cool. You've had the Rock and Roll Express. You, you've brought in Bret Hart to help out from time to time. Arn Anderson, 
you know, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. These are big names. Jake the Snake Roberts. These are big names, Hall of Famers, whether they're active or no longer. You have Jim Ross on commentary, Tony Schiavone on commentary. I mean, these are this is a big deal. It's a very big deal. It's fantastic. Uh, attracting superstars like Thunder Rosa, one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Serena D, one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Fantastic. Uh, you were able to land Jade Cargill. And, you know, to date, you've done a pretty good job in developing her and, and helping her continue to become a, a major star in not only in wrestling, but in television in general. That's a big deal. You know, and other stars from other sports like Shaquille O'Neal, Mike Tyson, uh, you know, Snoop Dogg, Action Bronson. All of these folks have come along and, and you know, at some point wanted to be associated with all elite wrestling. That is fantastic. That's great stuff. You even had the politician Andrew Yang tweeting about you. Uh, AOC has tweeted about you. So, you know, these are these are strong things here that, again, they translate into positive press, positive market perception. And none of that happens without your hard work and dedication, Tony. So I, I give you tremendous kudos in all of those areas there. And, and certainly, especially over the past, the first couple of years, you were very aggressive about helping that market perception and, and cultivating these uh, positives here, which is just fantastic. There are some significant areas of growth, though, that we definitely have to dig into. Um, I don't think that there's anything that I'm about to say here that will surprise you. Uh, we, we've talked about this, you know, in, in our verbal coaching. Um, you've gotten verbal coaching. You've gotten written coaching. So there's no surprises here, right? So first and foremost, Tony, you know, I'm going to start with what's been happening recently. It's clear that we have a divided locker room in all elite wrestling, and, and that's not good, right? And unfortunately, because you are this, this person who is the face, is the voice, the buck stops with you as you uh, love to remind everyone, including myself, you've told me this personally, that you're the person in charge. You write the shows, you do the booking, you're the one making the decisions. And therefore, you are the person that should be held accountable for better or for worse. Um, when we have any kind of residual effect from these decisions that you make. There have been numerous reports that have been confirmed of acts of violence happening backstage. You have talent beating other talent up. You have CM Punk, who's arguably your, your biggest star, threatening uh, executive vice presidents and his peers and then making good on some of those threats where he, he battered executive vice presidents. That is definitely not good. And what's even more uh, frustrating is the fact that CM Punk sat next to you during your most recent scrum after All Out. And as he continued to berate, executive vice presidents, as he continued to berate young talent in the locker room, including Adam Page, as he continued to berate Colt Cabana and his mother, by the way, <laughs> you just sat there and at no time, Tony, did you interrupt CM Punk or, or, or stop him from some of the comments that he was making. Uh, you smiled, you nodded, you seemed to sanction the way that he conducted himself. And this is in, in, in public, mind you, right? This is a, a scrum, as you call it, you know, an after-event press conference. And you have an independent contractor speaking in a manner that is divisive, that is aggressive, challenging people to come see him if they have anything to say, uh, telling them that they that they don't know what they're doing and that they're children and that um, how dare they and cussing and carrying on. I mean, this is just abysmal. 
this was this was a, a black eye for the entire company. And frankly, Tony, I'm very disappointed in you as the president of All Elite Wrestling. Uh, you did nothing in the moment to stop this from escalating. And unfortunately, when that press conference ended, uh, CM Punk took that energy with him to the back. And again, as we know, uh, it got physical. People's safety was put in jeopardy. That's not good. And the challenge here, Tony, is that when you allow, I don't care if this is your top guy or if this is the person who just came in, when you allow anyone who is under the umbrella of all elite wrestling, who's, who's drawing a paycheck, when you allow anyone to come in and berate others, especially to that degree, and then they go around and they physically batter people, how are you supposed to manage anyone else after that if you don't act swiftly and decisively? To date, CM Punk is, is still around. That's a problem. Now, we know that you suspended other people who were involved in that, for lack of a better term, uh, melee. <laughs> That's what a lot of folks are calling it. But, Tony, in all honesty, uh, the management is just as responsible for what's happened as anything else. You know, this is, this is uh, disturbing. This is very disturbing. And it could not happen at a worse time. I mean, again, we're trying to negotiate a new deal, whether it's going to be with Warner Brothers Discovery or some other television network. Um, you know, this is this is disturbing. The fact that all of this is happening at this time, the fact that all this is happening at all. What's even more disturbing is the fact that uh, legal counsel, Mega, was present for at least a portion of this quote-unquote melee. And that's your second in command. You know, she's taking direction from you and she's around for this sort of thing. And then you have her leading the investigation. Well, she's a witness. So how could she lead the investigation? Tony, this is poor leadership of the highest degree. This is poor leadership. Beyond that, you have um, within your women's division, a division that you have been spoken to on numerous occasions. You've been given verbal coaching on numerous occasions. You know, we've talked about best practices on numerous occasions. Your women's division, there is a, a significant amount of infighting as well. Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, they seem to have targeted Thunder Rosa in particular a person who's been your champion, a person that we spent a lot of time and energy into uh, recruiting and featuring on television. And she got a tremendous response, which is the reason why the decision was made to make her champion. And to her credit, despite all of the injuries and, and distractions and what have you, you know, she did her job, showed up, did her job. You have been notified that there have been some challenges and some issues and yet they've just continued to escalate to the point where there are reports that she was hiding in a bathroom, concerned that people are trying to hunt her down and, and essentially jump her. Now, maybe that's an exaggeration, but clearly there's something wrong there. And the fact that during this same scrum, you have Tony Storm uh, insinuating that Thunder Rosa is making up being injured and you're just smiling and, and, and looking like a, like you're sanctioning this thing again. Tony, what is it about your leadership where you're encouraging people to be at odds with each other like this? This is real, man. I understand the, the, the fantasy world of pro wrestling, but this is not fantasy, the things that we're talking about here. These are, these are significant uh, personal conflicts here that translate into unsafe work environments. Right. Eddie Kingston allegedly folded Sammy Guevara or at least pie faced him, took his hand and pushed it in Sammy Guevara's face, pushed him back. What is going on, Tony? So you have you have an environment where people don't seem to be safe. And to date, it's only escalated. You had a staff meeting in which one of your 
executive vice presidents told others that if they were in charge of the of the hiring, that they wouldn't hire 99% of the people in the room. How are you supposed to build confidence and build cohesive uh, uh, team in a situation like that? What did you do about that, Tony? And how did you think that was going to end up? I mean, clearly there's some hurt feelings that have been carried over from that. Again, you're the president, you're the face, you're the person in charge. So this all comes back to you at the end of the day here, man. You know, there are other things that we have spoken about and that you you have been given direction on and been put on an action plan about. You're still only featuring one women's match per television episode. I don't understand why. I mean, All Elite Wrestling continues to be the only major North American promotion doing that. Everyone else is featuring more than one women's match. Uh, to date, you do not have any black male singles wrestlers who are top contenders for the championship. I mean, this is this is the make-believe world of pro wrestling. As you always say, the buck stops with you, Tony. You write the shows, you do the booking, you're recruiting the talent, you're making the decisions on, on who's doing what. You mean to tell me there isn't any black stars that you could put in the world title hunt and, and have them be viable contenders consistently? You know, John Moxley's not always your champion, but he's consistently a top contender for the championship. Chris Jericho is not always your champion, but he's consistently a top contender for the championship. MJF has never been champion, but he's consistently a top contender. Darby Allen is one of the more protected wrestlers in the company. He's consistently a top contender, which is why he's in the tournament now. Tony, you have guys like Powerhouse Hobbs. You have guys like Ricky Starks. You recruited people like Swerve and, and Keith Lee. What is going on? How are these guys not being featured as top contenders to the world championship? What is going on? And we talked about this, and you had been put on an action plan about this, and to date, it, you have not improved. In fact, you've gone backwards. This is, this is just not acceptable. And it's not much better for the uh, Latino stars, quite frankly. You know? With the exception of Sammy Guevara, who calls himself the Spanish god, I'm not, I, don't, I don't really know if he identifies necessarily as Latino. And then you have Daniel Garcia. Uh, these, are, these are white Hispanic males, and that's good for them. But, Tony, I'm pretty sure you could do a better job than that, and we've discussed this. What is going on? What is going on? So women... Black male and, and brown male uh, singles wrestlers. What's going on with your LGBTQ plus wrestlers? We have Sonny Kiss, who continues to be treated as if they are less than their peers. Again, you have been given direction on doing something about that. And to date, you really have not. All of this translates into an inability to grow your fan base, right? You were still stuck only drawing uh, angsty white males between the ages of 18 and 49 years old. The quote-unquote key demo, which you have offensively uh, stated that they, they're, they're your focus because they're your core audience. Well, that core audience has translated into... AEW averaging less than a million viewers per week for, for consistently over the past three plus years. So it's not even, you're not growing. Yeah, some weeks you might go over a million. Most weeks you're not. So you, on average, you're hovering around the, the 900,000 uh, area there, which that's just not good enough. Not when the world wrestling entertainment is consistently doing over a million and, and now they're crushing it with over 2 million. Over 2 million viewers, Tony, your quote unquote competition, and you could barely crack a million. But what's the difference between your quote unquote competition and what you're putting out there? 
You see diversity. You see women in the main events. You see multiple women's matches consistently, right? Black and brown wrestlers and, and really wrestlers of all colors are consistently in the main event and challenging for the world championship or are the world champion. You see the difference there, Tony? All this blood and guts, yet you have a meth-addicted bank robber slicing somebody's head <laughs> during live television. This is the sort of sort of thing that you want to present to the world for this company. That's how you're going to get a new and stronger contract with the television network? Are you kidding me? The swearing? The vulgarness? How many parents have reached out and stated that they can't have their kids watch the program with them or even go to the live events because of how vulgar everything is, Tony? We talked about this. You were told explicitly to tone that down, including by the network. This is not the way to run a worldwide entertainment company because ultimately that's what it is. What are you doing, Tony? What are you doing? So I got to tell you, you know, the sum of all parts here, at the end of the day, it comes down to this. My recommendation is that you immediately be replaced as president of All Elite Wrestling because you have demonstrated that you in no way, shape, or form are fit to lead this company. And the company has done nothing but lose money with you at the helm. So it's time to either find new leadership or it's time to put the, the company in bankruptcy and sell it to someone because at this point, there is no upward mobility. There is no growth. All we see is a divided locker room. We see stars trying to get out like Malachi Black and others. We see people threatening to beat each other up or actually doing it. <laughs> you know, it's just calamity. And I don't even want to talk about the rumors of, of drug abuse. You fraternizing with the talent. How are you supposed to manage them when you're out there partying with them, Tony? This is, this is very, very uh, concerning. And, you know, at this point, Tony, I, I think that it's best for you to take a step back. Let's get somebody else in to, to manage this business and hopefully salvage it. Uh, regain the trust of the locker room. Regain the trust of the networks. And at least make the company attractive enough that hopefully we can land a contract elsewhere. But with you continuing to be in a leadership position in all elite wrestling, all I see is this company going out of business much sooner than later. And we can't have that, Tony. As you know, we're in the service business and you are not providing what anyone could consider a good customer service at this point. What you are providing is an unsafe environment, not only for the wrestlers, not only for the executives, but also for the fans. If the wrestlers are going around beating each other up, then what does that say for the, the safety of the paying audience? Tony, I understand that this was a vanity project. It was something that you always wanted to do. You always wanted to run your own promotion. I get it. Unfortunately, you've proven yourself to not just not be equipped to be able to handle it. And that's okay. Let's get some professionals in here and let's try to move this ship in the right direction. So. Now, with that said, uh, we wish you the best in all of your future endeavors. It, it may be best for you to be a silent, a partner in this company going forward, because I know that, you know, this the money that's being spent on this allegedly is some of your inheritance. So to a degree, you have some ownership here. But there's a reason why Shad Khan, your father, owns the company and not you. You needed that security blanket there, Right. And, you know, in the best interest of, of Shad and, and what he's trying to do as a businessman, we can't continue to move in this direction, Tony. So, you know, we wish you the best in all of your future endeavors. But uh, the recommendation is for you to step down immediately in all of your positions in All Elite Wrestling. And we will immediately find someone else to replace you because it certainly can't be 
the legal counsel, Mega, who is sitting around leading executive vice presidents into a situation in which they're getting beat up. The both of you should be removed from your positions immediately. So thank you, Tony. Uh, wish you well. And, uh, you know, who knows, man, maybe after some time away, you know, you, you do own Ring of Honor. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Maybe you'll do a better job with that company. I mean, to date, you don't have any kind of television distribution. You don't have a, a consistent uh, wrestling program that fans can patronize. Uh, Ring of Honor is just three letters at this point, which is disappointing as well. That's a whole other story. But maybe, you know, your mistakes that you made in all elite wrestling, you'll do better at Ring of Honor. But there's no reason for you to have a company that's of the scale of an all elite wrestling, you know, worth over $100 million. At least that's what the startup capital was. Uh, you can't continue to run this company to the ground, Tony. It's just not fair to uh, your father. It's not fair to the fans. And it's certainly not fair to the wrestlers who have to endure the unsafe, unprofessional environment that you've cultivated, that you have put, you know, this is in your mold, Tony. So, you know, and, and another thing, and lastly here, you cussing about WWE and the way that they conduct their business is, is just so unprofessional. And it probably is the key to everything that's wrong. I think you, you definitely need to take a, a major step back from pro wrestling and, and just Get your head straight, man. This has just been very disappointing. So, again, good luck in, in all your future endeavors, Tony. And that concludes this performance review. Uh, it's time for you to be replaced. Thank you. Folks, you, you just heard that. And, uh, you know, I had to lay it on to him straight. Tell me what I said there that wasn't true. Everything that I said was a fact. Right? Everything I said was a fact. There's no growth in that company. It's just continued failure. And, and again, the, the, the unsafe work environment thing, everyone was chuckling when I said that at first. Now we get more people getting beat up. <laughs> it's like, so what do you call it? You know, it's crazy. Absolutely insane. And I'm, let me tell you something. Shout out to Rudy Boy Gonzalez, good friend of the show, a uh, person who has been very helpful through the years and someone that I, I respect and dare I say love, a great, great guy, you know, great trainer of champions and what have you, a legend in his own right for all the careers that he's guided. Uh, hell of a hand, as the old timers would say. Shout out to Rudy. Rudy said something to me interesting, and, he, and it's not the first time he said it. Um, he's not the only one who said it. There's a sentiment. If you've never been in the wrestling industry, if you've never taken a bump, if you've never been responsible for pro wrestling, then you can't, you can't criticize, you can't express an opinion that should be taken seriously, et cetera. That's what Rudy says. And, you know, Ric Flair, my favorite wrestler of all time, the greatest wrestler of all time, Ric Flair has said something similar. He even said it on his recent uh, podcast. And I don't want to disregard what, what these guys are saying because, you know, these guys have earned the right to express what they're saying. And, and there is a lot of truth in what they're saying. Nothing beats an expert. You know, the experts, what they say should carry a certain amount of weight. Um, and, you know, there's a perspective. It should be the ultimate weight. And I understand that. I don't share that perspective. And here's why. Pro wrestling is a business at the end of the day. And the thing about a business is that you need customers in order for your business to continue to survive, Right. You're not just out there doing it to do it or just doing it for you and your friends. You're trying to sell a product to customers. So with that said, you can't disregard the assessment, the opinion, the will, the expression of the customers. Why would you ever do that? Why would you ever feel that that's acceptable? That makes no sense. So while I, I respect and understand the sentiment of we're the experts because we live it, in the same vein as customers, 
which are what fans are. They're your customers. They're the people you're trying to market your product to. They're the people you need to spend money and time on what you're selling. We're the experts. And when we tell you something's not good and we tell you something is not acceptable, you need to listen. And a lot of you folks who have this sentiment, oh, what do they know? Oh, fans shouldn't have the say and what have you. You're the same folks who are not running major wrestling companies. And I'm not taking a shot at Rudy on that front because he's a trainer of champions. He's part of the, the farm system. So his place is a very important place and what have you. But Rudy, if you disregard the fans, your customers, then what does that say about the product you're putting out? And I like the product that you put out for the most part. We got to take a step back, folks, and get out of the bubble. And we got to pay attention and really think about it. I mean, Ric Flair with his Flair's last match and what have you, for you to say uh, that people shouldn't have an opinion and they shouldn't be able to say anything about pro wrestling if they've never done it and what have you, but you sit there and you run your mouth about every sport under the sun. What? Because you played when you were a kid? You were never a professional athlete other than pro wrestling, Ric Flair. But you have an opinion on everything, right? That's a joke. That's a joke. (laughs) You're a consumer. You spend your time. You spend your money. They're trying to appeal to you. They need you, which is why your opinion on what's going on matters. And the same goes for the wrestling fans, the customers, the people that you need, the people who've paid your bills your entire career, Ric Flair, the people that exalt you and allow you to continue to exist. You're selling weed. Huh? Literally selling drugs. Yes, it's legal in a lot of places in the the country, but it's still a federal uh, (laughs) illegal drug decriminalized, but it's not all the way there yet. That's what you're selling. And you're appealing to these same customers who've watched you, who continue to patronize you, myself included. You're you're trying to attract us. You're chicken wing business. What you just put your name on some wings and you, you got these restaurants selling the wings that they have or what have you. But they put your 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 name and your likeness on it and they're calling it whatever they call it, flare wings or what have you. You're trying to appeal to the customers to help you out on this. So how dare you say, well, if you've never done it, you shouldn't have an opinion about it. Stop it. That's silly. That's silly. And that's a very immature stance. You have nothing without your customers, AKA your fans, all of you wrestlers, you have nothing, nothing. I don't care how accomplished you are or not. Nothing. Disregarding your customers is a very immature thing to do. Now, that doesn't mean that the customer is always right. They may want you to push their favorite wrestler, or they may want you to have this one say this one or whatever. I understand all that. But overall, there's something to it, especially when it's strength in numbers. And what a good portion of your fan base is telling you something, you got to listen and you got to deliver on that something. If not, then you watch what happens to your company. And we see it all the time. We see it happen in AEW right now. Because they don't have a diversified workforce that they're actually utilizing in a manner that makes sense. Because they treat women like they're less than, because black and and brown uh, male singles wrestlers are treated like less than, that's why the company doesn't grow. That's why when you look into the audience, you don't see families, you don't see people of color on any large scale, you don't see a lot of women. Because they're not listening to the customers who are saying, hey, (laughs) we want to patronize your business. We would love an alternative to WWE. But when we turn on your program, we get vulgarity, we get blood, we get sophomoric nonsense. You're only marketing to a specific type of person who is the complete opposite of us. And because of that, we're not going to patronize your business. That's what happens. 
That's why they're failing. That's why they're having a tough time getting a new contract. It's ignorant to, to disregard the customers. Are you kidding me? It's ignorant. And you should know better than that. Especially you, you, you veterans out there. You've been along way too much. You've cashed too many checks. You should know better. Take that crap somewhere else. You're nothing without the fans. Let me say that again, professional. You're nothing without the fans. Nothing. Your career means nothing without the fans. I don't care how many bumps you've taken. I don't care how many people you've put over. I don't care how many people you've trained. You're nothing without the fans. You need us to show up, buy tickets, watch you on TV, buy your merchandise, buy the pay-per-view. You need us. <laughs> you need us to get inspired and go to your wrestling school and pay the money to train and become something and then say that they were trained by you. You're nothing without the fans. Don't you ever disregard the fans, especially when in, in, in numbers, they're letting you know what they like, what they don't like, what they need, what they don't need. It's ignorant. That's a CM Punk uh, attitude. Thinks he knows everything. He's berating the media. And listen, wrestling media is a joke. These are folks that want to be friends and they want to, they want to please, you know, there was some ham and egg talking that nonsense. I just want to not upset the promotion and what have you so I can have access. That's ignorant. You're not media. You're, you're, you're a glorified fan. But at the same time, those people that CM Punk was talking nonsense to in that room, including Nick Houseman, who's been on this show before. And I'm not necessarily a big fan of Nick. I think Nick is a gatekeeping jerk. And I've told him that. <laughs> But including Nick Houseman, for, for CM Punk to berate these folks the way that he did, it is absolutely ridiculous. You need them. They built you. AEW doesn't exist without these media folks looking the other way and bestowing positive press and not calling out the same things that I just told Tony Khan he's deficient in. They have helped build that. And CM Punk, <laughs> these are the folks who, who have, you know, overlooked the things that you've done that have just been destructive and terrible. And to a certain degree, they're still defending you. And you're going to berate these folks? It's a joke. All of you need to get off your high ho horses and, and get it together because you all can be ignored. Could turn our backs on you at any point. What the hell is Ric Flair worth if the fans stop buying his stuff? And as many mistakes as Ric Flair has made, and, and as many times he's proven that he's not the most savory character out there, he should get on his knees and kiss the ground that the fans walk on. They kept him alive. His legacy. Does he deserve it? Huh. That's up for debate. And Ric Flair is my favorite wrestler of all time. But I'm telling you right now, he's nothing without us. Nothing. I'm not talking about Richard Fleer, who could have done something else. I'm talking about Ric Flair, who's constantly trying to sell us something and who needs us to buy it. You folks are confused. So consider this uh, a, a way to get you clear. Okay? Now tell me I'm wrong. Tell me you can do anything without the fans. Tell me your business can exist without the fans. I'd love to hear it. You'd sound like a moron. You have nothing without the fans. I don't care how smelly, how ridiculous, how ignorant they are. They're spending money and they're paying attention. They're talking about you. They're keeping you and your business alive, especially during some of the tough times in our economy through the years. People spending their last pennies just to be entertained by you. And yes, you do have to let the professionals be professionals and do their thing. But yes... <laughs> Professionals, you do have to deliver on what the fans need. So there's my take on that. I just pissed everybody off. I, I, got, a, I got a great streak going where I'm just pissing everybody off, including my friends. And that's okay. I don't care. I'm going to tell you the way it is. And that's the end of that. <laughs> Some of you, I, I think you're smelling your own armpits. And you think it smells like roses. Ric Flair. 
some of you other folks. It doesn't. It smells like funk and nonsense. They shouldn't have an opinion. They never took a bump. What do you know? We're, we're the experts here. You don't know a damn thing. Stop it. Your job is to go out there and entertain. And, you know, sometimes you're not very entertaining. How about that? <laughs> Ric Flair is not the greatest draw in wrestling history. There are people who are far more entertaining than he was who drew more money because of it. How about that? Nothing without the fans. Right? And when the fans got upset about that Dark Side of the Ring episode, what happened to Ric Flair's business? He took a hit. Commercials were pulled from him and, and sponsorships and what have you. He took a hit. But once everyone knew Flair took a hit, we rallied around him again because it's Ric Flair. We love Ric Flair. Grew up watching him. Yes, we know that he's a flawed human being, but we still love Ric Flair. For better or for worse. So we were able to help Ric Flair bounce back and be better than ever. Don't you ever tell the fans they shouldn't have an opinion. They shouldn't have anything to say. You sit your ass down, pops. You sound like a fool. Now go ahead and say something about it, Conrad. Sick and tired of these folks who have it confused. You need to understand something, entertainers. You work for us. We pay you to entertain us. And we tell you when you're being entertaining and when you're not. You're providing us with a service. That means we are in charge of you, <laughs> not the other way around. We don't owe you anything. You don't really owe us anything either, other than our contract is when we pay you, when we watch your product, when we keep you alive by even discussing you on podcasts and in these ridiculous websites and what have you and social media. All you have to do is continue to deliver. That's the give and take. But don't you ever think that you're anything in that career without us. That's not reality. Now go ahead and say something about it. I'll line you all up and tell you to go to hell. I don't care. I may have hurt every, you know, there may not be another wrestler that comes on the show ever again after what I said. Good. I'm still going to say what I have to say about it because it's the truth and because a lot of you folks have lost your damn mind. Tony Khan, you should have never let these wrestlers run the asylum. It, it, it is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. You let them turn your father's business into a joke and something that we were all excited about pushing to the top. You've allowed it to become the laughingstock of the industry and something that advertisers don't want to have anything to do with. That's unfortunate. But that's because you were such a fan that you were trying to please everyone, and you've admitted that, Tony, as opposed to doing the right thing and putting business first. And when you put business first, you know what you do? You put your customers first. It's not good for your customers to have your, your, your talent beating up your executives, and it's certainly not good for the company either. And for you to sit there and allow all this stuff to happen around you and you just got that little dopey look on your face. What the hell? You're in charge? Come on. This guy's got to go. Get a real president in there. Jesus Christ. You got Eric Bischoff. I'm not going to say Jim Cornette because he's a lunatic, but you got Eric Bischoff out there in the open market. Vince Russo, warts and all in the open market. I know I'm going to get heat for saying that, but I said it. J.J. Dillon. You got people who are experienced. I mean, geez, I, you know, as crazy as he is, Jim Ross could probably do that job today. What is going on? I'm sure Tony Khan has enough money to lure Bruce Pritchard away from the WWE, especially right now. <laughs> there are people out there who could do it. Meanwhile, you got Wild Superheroes. They landed a, a major television uh, deal. They got full distribution on linear TV. More distribution than AEW. That's why they're the Wild Superheroes is the number one wrestling promotion in North America. Excuse me, the number two wrestling promotion in North America today. They have surpassed AEW because they're profitable and because they have full distribution, something AEW does not have. 
And I know that the humanoids like Paywall Jesus, hi, Sean. I know some of you scoff at that, but you can't refute it. Raj Geary is like, well, I, I, I don't want to say that. I, I, well, it doesn't matter what you want to say, Raj. You've been bought and paid for with your coverage. Now you're finally starting to tell the truth. Don't sit here and try to tell us otherwise, pal. You've already proven yourself to be too afraid to say what needed to be said. Now suddenly you want to sit here and you want to trash something. That's the truth. Stop it, Raj. While superheroes is number two. You mean to tell me you couldn't find a way to pay David McClain to bring some of that energy over to AEW? Tony and Shad? <laughs> this is a joke. Let me tell you something. I'm telling everybody right now, putting you on notice, wrestlers, you're nothing without the fans. You might as well pack it in and go find something else to do. And even then, whatever you do, you're going to need some type of customer. <laughs> I don't think there's a job that exists that doesn't have customers. You need somebody to buy what you're doing. Somebody's got to pay for it. So what does that mean? Get it together. Jesus Christ. Again, I know I pissed everybody off here. That's all right. It is what it is. Listen, Duke Loves Wrestling on Facebook, on Twitter. Duke Loves Wrestling at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. I Bring all the hate mail. Bring all the belly aching. Bring all the crying. So what? Seriously, so what? All my friends too. So what? What are you gonna? You know, so what? Your feelings are probably hurt by what I said today. So what? It's true. You're nothing without the fans. So don't ever sit there and believe otherwise. You sound foolish. Next week, we got more action coming. Some of the good stuff, as always. Till then, be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. <laughs> Even when you tell them the truth. Whew. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.